All right. This is the Visceralist Podcast, episode 46B. Uh, addendum Redux. We uh, apologies to the listeners. We did record an episode last time on our normal schedule, um, but due to technical issues on my end, uh, it was basically unlistenable. Um, my the basically the my audio track was really really low in the mix, and I couldn't really fix do anything to fix it because. The input was wrong. It's uh, Gigo, G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. So that's a little uh, audio engineering thing. Um, easy to remember. Gigo. Wow. Uh, Gigo. Gigo, yeah. So actually, I was actually like, I was so annoyed because it was a really fun episode that I was actually considering re-recording exactly what I said, but at a, a normal audio and then mixing it in with the episode, oh. like piece by oh, piece. Damn. How long do you think that would have taken you? Probably like three or four hours. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, I was considering it. And then I was like, uh, there's this new show called the terror, the terror that's on. Um, it's pretty good. I was able to binge watch it randomly. AMC has their own like streaming service. And if you get that, like all the episodes are available. Yeah, I use that streaming service for the. Oh, um, yeah, mainly just for Fargo. There was, I think that was the only thing I was. What was I? What was I watching on AMC? I don't remember what it was, but I had it for something. Yeah. Oh, um, Fear the Walking Dead. I think I was watching that. <laughs> like those zombies, huh? Yeah, I like Fear the Walking Dead better than Walking Dead now. But these guys are like all assholes. So I don't know. So we'll see how this season goes. Um, well, let's get right into our famous segment, uh, Trifling at NYC. Um, you said you don't have a recent one. It's it's interesting. Like I thought when I started the segment, I was like, considering my backlog of crazy stories I have, I was like, I, I'll never run out of material. But <laughs> I quickly realized that a, a number of my stories I don't really want to share here. <laughs> right. You, you see, that's what happens. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that happen that are like, <laughs> yeah. could definitely fit into the trifling category, but some of oh, them yeah. are like I, I just gotta keep that to myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I do, you know, I do want to give the inter- listeners interesting stuff, um, but yeah, you gotta maybe someday, someday I'll, I'll do some of the more uh, interesting ones, but which which are which would have to be super super interesting. Uh, maybe even super duper interesting because this. Oh, let me just t- t- relate to you the story uh, of of what happened to me. This has been going on in the past couple months. This is a, I have this project that I've been working on uh, for the past couple months. So you're familiar with the term hype beast? Oh yes. Yeah. Um. So basically, it's just like someone who's really into streetwear and like tries to get like really exclusive shit um as you know i wear hats a lot and i i try to find unique hats that are maybe a little bit funny um and that are, that are sort of limited edition so i i do engage in in hype beastdom to some degree but like the, the serious hype beasts are the guys waiting outside shoe stores for like new jordans or new supreme yeah man those <sighs> I, I don't know. You got you, what, you don't have any Supreme shit? 
I do not own any Supreme shit. God damn. <laughs> Sorry. You sound disappointed. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I'm going to have to get on top of that now. I'm, I'm on it just for you. Yeah. Um, I, I don't either, but I don't know. There's, so there's subculture. Anyway, um, I, I think I found the ultimate hype beast item that even the hype beasts that are out, you know, in the Lower East Side in Brooklyn, they do not even wear this piece. And it's, it's such a shirt that I've been trying to track down for roughly the last six months, as I said. So basically, I'll try to condense this story, sort of spice it up a little bit. So the Village Voice uh, used to do free concerts at the South Street Seaport. Right. If you remember those. Um, they get a little rowdy. Um, uh, pro tip for those, by the way. Well, they don't do them anymore. Fuck, I had a pro tip for seating and beer. But the the mall, but the mall's dead the, now, right? Yeah, the mall shut down, so it's moot. Yeah. Right, well, I'll move on. Anyway, so they they started out. With, I think they started these in like I don't know, oh two, oh four, around then. Um, and they were mostly indie rock bands that they would book. But I guess one year they got a bigger budget, and the lineup was uh, openers were uh, was this, uh, Ninja Sonic, who I think I think is a rapper. Um, and then Hanson was, was going on. Mm. For them. Um, and, and again, this is in 2010, uh, that this happened. And the headliner was, uh, this Canadian artist, Drake. Was it really? Yeah. This was like on from that, when he had that mixtape out, like that so far gone mixtape. I think, I think his first album was out by 20 summer, 2010, or maybe it was around there. But anyway, I mean, his, his fan base even then was pretty huge and village voice admin found out the hard way um, when way more people like thousands of people showed up for this free show. Um, and I think Ninja Sonic had come on and, and stuff was running late and people started getting rowdy and the riots broke out and you could find video this uh. just on YouTube. Um, and so Hanson didn't even go on. Drake didn't even go on. Right. Um, Damn. Oh, I should I should sidebar. Um, Drake is basically like. It seems like the hype beasts are really into Drake generally. Like he's sort of like, I don't know. They're uh, touchstone. I don't know if that works as a metaphor. Um, anyway, so get to the point. The Village Voice made up some promotional T-shirts for this event that you can see there's one photo of a guy wearing one of them. I don't know if he's Village Voice staff or they were just handing them out at the event, but it has like Drake, Hanson, Ninja Sonic on the back and some of the like corporate sponsors logos. Anyway, that's what I'm trying to track down. That okay. Shirt. And I've gone to eBay. Uh, no luck. I've, I've scoured the net. Uh, also no luck. Um, but a friend of mine, mutual friend of ours, also lives in Lower East Side, and I were he and I were chatting recently, and he suggested I just email the Village Voice. Huh. So that's reasonable, I guess. Yeah. Um. So I did, and my, they don't they don't have the email addresses posted, so you have to fill out a form on their website and send send that off. So here's what I wrote to them. Uh, hello. See, the, the, I, fuck, I should, <laughs> hello. <laughs> should have put a smiley face in there, maybe. Um, 
I'm hoping you can help me with an inquiry related to the South Street Seaport concert that the Village Voice sponsored back in 2010. The headliner was Drake, and it was actually cut short due to crowd control issues. See the link. And then I put in a link. <laughs> wow. Okay. Thorough. I put in a link to the Village Voice article about how the show was shut down. You see. Um, going on. Uh, my inquiry is about the promotional shirts that were made for the event. See below link. And then I, I put another link in um, that's just to the, the image file. Uh, JPEG file of the shirt. Okay. Saving them the trouble of Googling themselves. Anyway, uh, I'd really, really all caps, I'd really like to get my hands on one of these shirts and have been stymied so far in my attempts to find one. Friends, none on eBay that I could find. I'm hoping you might have some info on how to get one or perhaps even one laying around in the Village Voice office that I could purchase. Uh, any info on this matter would be greatly appreciated. I, I put in my email. So what are your, what are okay. your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> that was a very nice email. Very friendly. Mm -hmm. um, I thought you helped, helped them out. You know, they didn't have to search for anything. You provided all the necessary links. Right. Very informative. Um, they're not going to respond to you. <laughs> you said you're sure they're, they're not going to respond? I just feel like you're, they're not going to respond. Um, it's very unlikely that they'll respond. I thought, yeah. and this was a week ago that I sent this. So um, I thought, yeah, that's the thing. I was like, maybe should I spice this up a little bit, make it more attention grabbing? But then I feel like, <laughs> I feel like they're, even if they're more likely to actually read through the whole thing, they're still not going to respond. So what did you put? What did you put for the subject? Um, I think I just put. Uh, actually, th there wasn't a line for a subject in this thing. Oh, okay. It, it's not an email. It's just like a, a form you fill out on their website to send to like the music editor, who very hmm. unlikely that they were even there in 2010. So hmm. it's an uphill battle. Good okay. luck, man. You know what? I bet they got like a closet full of old promotional merchandise <laughs> that just no nobody knows what's in there yeah just, no like, one knows no one cares stuff. right after after events they just throw shit in there like there it'd be go. funny if like my email is reminds them oh shit yeah we're supposed to throw that shit out and then <laughs> throw it out <laughs> yeah we were supposed to clean out that closet throw everything before 2015 oh shit my boss asked me to clean out that closet last week Wow. I should thank this guy for reminding me. And then, oh, right. So he's going to get your note, and that's going to remind him that that closet needs to get cleaned out. And then that assignment is going to go to this intern. That intern is going to start cleaning out the closet, and it turns out that he's a hype beast himself. So he finds the shirt and takes the shirt for himself, and then you just see this little, like, 19, 20-year-old kid walking around the Lower East Side so he with that crispy praying. shirt on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's nice and crispy too, I guess, because it's been. Sitting. It would be. Hopefully, he washed yeah. it first, though. I mean, before he put it on. But yeah, I mean, that's ultimately my game plan. Is, is I want to walk around the Lower East Side wearing it this this summer, in fact. Well, well, it's good luck. Well, yeah. Have you ever seen anybody with it? <laughs> um, 
you know, no. And um, only the guy, the one guy in the photo. And even in the photo where this guy's wearing it, no one else is wearing one. Um, so I don't I, I, one idea that someone had is um, they're like, just, just get someone to, to print it up. Just print no, it up. No, that's not the same. That's not the same. Just pay someone. Yeah. I mean, the, the issue there is that, um, yeah, I wanted to get it. I wanted to get it like perfectly the same, but in this photo of the shirt, which also is the only photo I can find of the shirt online, it's only of the back of the shirt. So the back mm. is like the lineup and sponsors. So I don't know what's on the front. Um, probably, it's probably the, you can probably find the logo from that year. It's probably just that, whatever that was. The Village Voice logo? Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure every year the concert changes a little bit, but you can probably find it from that year. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I'm not going to print print one up. I don't. No, 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 no. Then you and then you would just be embarrassed when the hype bees asked you, and you'd be like, "Oh, I made it myself." Yeah, then they'd probably kick me in the balls and laugh at me or something. Steal my hat, <laughs> spin it in the back of my head. Oh. <laughs> That'd be a rough day. <laughs> That'd be embarrassing. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's that's what I got. Um, you said you've been you've been living living pretty clean. So no trifling in NYC stories. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> living pretty clean. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I've been all right. I mean, I don't have like now that we're talking. I had just a small. It wasn't even a trifling. It was just more like a, like a moment, you know. Okay. It was our, our, it's my favorite service industry moment where when you're out somewhere at a restaurant and you order something and the waiter or waitress says like, oh, that's a great, wonderful choice or whatever, right? You're like, <laughs> oh, okay. So you feel good about yourself. But I was okay. out with a friend. The waitress says wonderful choice to her. Doesn't say anything about my order. So then like, wow. like, oh. See, I thought... <laughs> you say that i thought they basically said that like a, a server will say that about everything or nothing yeah so then i'm like well, what, what about mine it turned out being to, to, to be delicious but i i was worried until it came out and i tasted it wow man she yeah well i guess it's possible she hasn't yet tried whatever you got um yeah okay but you know it seems like she could have at least said i heard that dish is really good i I heard about that or like yeah oh my co-worker really likes that one like oh okay good the server was uh was a woman sorry yeah maybe she was getting on um your friend i I guess that's possible is there a wink she could I, not that I noticed. No, I've been. Someone winked at me this week, and I've been trying to really? remember who it was. Forget it was. It happened. It all happened so fast. I think it was. That's a work event. Anyway, um, yeah, I was. I don't like getting winked at. Some <laughs> <laughs> <The> more <laughs> <good life> lesson. 
Don't wink. We don't. We don't wink in the Lower East Side. We're off. We're off that's, the, that's the second thing. We don't make our own T-shirts. We don't wink. Yeah, you got to get that original limited edition T-shirt. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I would. I would almost. Oh, I wonder if I can like get like a Task Rabbit or like someone on Craigslist. Maybe I get a Craigslist. And you haven't tried eBay or yeah, or anything right. like that. No. Tried eBay. Um, no luck. I guess I could put something on Craigslist. I could where I pay someone to track this down for me, and then also, okay. I guess set up the arrangement. I mean, I mean, you. I don't. How much would I pay for? I would probably pay God, upwards of. I'd probably pay my upper limit would probably be a hundred dollars for the shirt itself or for them finding the shirt mm, I think all in it's going to be all in total no no it's a, for the shirt itself and I'd, I'd pay a little bit more for the service oh so you maybe like $200 I mean I don't think the service is worth I mean maybe 150 <laughs> I go crazy I mean don't isn't everything on TaskRabbit like five dollars an hour? Or and and they would and they would not get paid. They wouldn't get paid unless they found it, right? Oh, would they? Good, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess so. I hadn't considered that. I was just gonna pay them anyway. But yeah, that's good. So who's to say they even look then? If you just pay them the money? Yeah. Oh, I, I couldn't find that shit. <laughs> I'll take fifty dollars though. <laughs> I think that's I've already, I've already paid them, so I'd have to be like, okay, can you just Venmo, Venmo my money back? <laughs> I would. That's what I'd be texting them, and then I get the sorry new, new phone. Who is this? <laughs> no solicitors. I don't know. This yeah. is why. This is why it's taken me six months to just get this level of in-depth. Like it's you know it's not it's not some kind of mission I'm on, but. Also, oh yeah, the other thing is like when this idea initially came up, I was at I was at Beverly's actually, and uh, I bumped into this one. There's a I have like a neighborhood buddy who I just kind of bump into every now and then around the Lower East Side, um, and he and I were both. It, it, it was in a conversation with him that this the concert came up, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. There was a riot, and then we were sort of googling it, and I came across a shirt. We were both like, oh man. I'd like to get that shirt. He's he's a, he's a bit of a hype beast too. A bit of a oh, okay. Yeah. So I gotta it, check it out. Started this shirt. as like a friendly competition between me and him. Also, he's searching for the shirt now too. I think he he's the one who's considering actually having it made. Mm. But I mean, I think I think he's I don't, know, I don't know if he's graphic designer. He has some graphic design friends, but I think he would do like his own sort of like artistic take on it or something you know, some bullshit like that um, let's see oh wow riot at the south street seaport yeah so while you look at listeners if you have any ideas um, visceralist at gmail.com I would greatly appreciate it I can't pay you yet but if you have any leads I could we can talk about some sort of uh, honorarium or something. Um, uh, I think I think PBR is a two dollars over at Welcome to the Johnsons these days, so I'd be 
you know, happy to. Dang, that's what they're down to. Yeah, it's that's pretty good. Three dollars a tip. Wow. Standard tip. Anyway, let's move on. We have a lot to cover because <laughs> we missed that. So let's get to uh, our Atlanta segment. Best, greatest show of the year, in my view. Um, and had one of the greatest ep- – I'd, I'd have to think about it. One of the greatest episodes aired this past week. Um, but let's get to the, the previous one first, the, uh, the barbershop one. You've seen both of them, right? I've, I've seen both. But let me ask you a question first. I was thinking about this in the, in the shower, I think yesterday. Um, if someone asked you to describe it, how would you describe Atlanta? I don't even know what I would say. Wow. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. If, if they were like, well, what's it about? I think, uh, it's like it's, sort of about a, like an up and coming rapper, but not really. I, I wouldn't even get into like the rap stuff. I would say it's about a crew of friends and just various experiences Okay, that's pretty good. Being on the come up in in Atlanta, moderately successful. Um, being young, moderately successful. I don't. You couldn't. Wouldn't, I wouldn't even say urban professionals, really, because I, I don't know what Darius does for that, money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Paperboy is. I guess still. Yeah, Paperboy's drug drug dealer and a rapper. Darius, I don't know fucking sells puppies and gets paid two years later yeah it's a lot of ramen noodles you're you're eating while you're waiting for that, that puppy money to come in. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that puppy money um, yeah i don't know i don't I, I don't know like that's a pretty good one you know just sort of like the adventures of this group of friends and like their experiences in atlanta i guess yeah um so the the last week's episode uh, was the barbershop and basically entirely revolved around uh, Paperboy trying to get a haircut from his, his go-to barber um, who was extra trifling, trifling in ATL. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good Lord. He was, he was so good. He was so good. Can you imagine me trying to deal with my personality, trying to deal with this? Uh, it wouldn't last very long. Um, I gotta say, it was like it's one of the more purely like just straight comedic uh, episodes, and it's basically just the two of them like just going on these adventures with the barber as he tries to like basically hustle his way through a day, and also with a little bit of scamming um, <laughs> and interacting with uh, <laughs> kids uh, from time to time. It was it was a really interesting character, uh, Bibby. The barber. Yeah, Bibby. I mean, Bibby is the fucking hustle man. You know, he's he's just out there doing it all. Oh shit, that's right. He is like, <laughs> oh, he's a perfect corollary for hustle man. Yeah, exactly. Selling like cable hookups somehow. <laughs> yeah, um, cable hookups, cell phones, ste- uh, stealing like, wood, <laughs> stealing random. I I I wrote some some notes down on this, and the one thing that was hilarious to me is he's talking about because um, the reason Paperboy has to get a haircut is he's about to do a photo shoot, I guess, for a magazine, and. Bibby starts talking about like movies, and he's like, you know, they don't they don't do black people right in these movie posters. There's a movie called Keanu, and even though Key and Peele were the stars, like they put a cat in the poster, you don't even see <laughs> right. Key and Peele. 
<laughs> that was great. And then at the end, he's yeah. like, uh, as they're leaving, to, he, they sort of have to leave in a hurry. And um, Bibby's like, yo, yo, you got to come with me. You got to get the haircut. And he's like, man, what the fuck? I don't want to leave the barbershop. And he's like, you want to be on the poster or you want the cat in the poster? <laughs> you want to be on the poster or you want the cat? <laughs> Oh, and then they, they, then he got into that weird thing about like the cat dressed in black or the cat looking black for like for like a minute. Yeah, he's yeah great like sort of fast fan hustleman. Yeah, that's great. He's like a modern era hustleman. I would and I'd say I mean for as you listeners know, hustleman was from the TV show Martin from the nineties. One of my got to be one of the top five sitcoms of all time. Um, Hustle Man is played by Tracy Morgan. His first, his first big role, actually, I think. Um, although it was, yeah, I think that's it. Because I think so. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Like it was, it was a pretty light, lightweight episode. It's just Paperboy being annoyed at this guy. This is ups and downs, trying to hustle his way through like god damn that guy got in so many adventures over the course of just like two hours <laughs> right like his life has got to be so exciting that i don't i don't know i mean the the amount of drama he packed into that two hours rolling around uh atlanta is it using a hit, hit and run um i don't i don't that's like that would be enough drama for like six months for me or, <laughs> Yeah, there was so much stuff. I was like, "How long has this been?" You're you're right. I mean, with that level of stress and drama over the course of just a day, I would I would fucking move back to Ohio or something, (laughs) move or move to like like, the forest. Like I'm 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 out of here. Move to the forest. Just build a house under a tree somehow. (laughs) Live with the woodland creatures. Had to give Paperboy leftover food. <laughs> I your leftovers. You like Zaxby's? Was like, that Hell the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, man. He was terrible. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I got a haircut earlier today, or no, earlier this week. Um, and I mean, for me, it's I, I go to the one, there's one on First Avenue in the East Village. Uh, they they know me. They know what I like, and so it's easy peasy. Took like ten minutes, maybe fifteen minutes altogether. Okay, see, that's good. Yeah, just very minimal small talk, um, which I I also like. Um, I I hate getting my hair cut, so. <laughs> I know you do. Um, do you have a go-to barber? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've I've tried in New York, uh, probably like um, uh, I've one. I've gone to like maybe four barber shops. Maybe okay. one, two, three, four. Yeah, probably like four. And like out of those, I've gone to like maybe like five or six different barbers, but I have, I have a barber that I go to. I, I usually run into a problem when he goes on vacation to the Dominican Republic for like a month and then, or like two months sometimes, then I have some issues. Um, 
but other than that like we're, we're good he, we know what it is like we talk every now and then we switch up the hairstyle a little bit but um i like Maybe it it's a quality like haircut set up appointments and stuff? no i don't i don't do that i usually just go early on like a, on a Saturday or sometimes after work but after work gets weird because he doesn't always stay that long I guess I should if I'm going after work I should set up an appointment but um usually if I go on Saturday I'm there at like 9 nine thirty. he's always there nice yeah um yeah I mean with this place I just I just I go and if it's basically if it's not too crowded um and my guy my guy that I go to there I think owns the place <laughs> And he's usually in, in demand, so if there's a, if if there's more than like three people, I won't. I'll just be like, ah, I'll do come by some other. Oh yeah, no way, no way would I wait for three people to get their haircut and then I get a haircut. I can't deal with that. I have a hard time waiting for one person. When I go there and like one person's in the chair, I start rolling my eyes, folding my arms. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I gotta wait. <laughs> Damn. I don't know what it is about waiting in the barbershop. It drives me crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, this one that I go to is really small and, and cramped. Um, what, you got a bird flying around in there? <laughs> Sorry. Trying to get out? It was, this weird little, it was this weird little toy that a friend of mine's mom gave me for Easter. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's a little, like, wind-up bunny rabbit. Is spinner? <laughs> I just remember, wanted to see it fidget? do a little hop. Remember fidget spinners? Yeah. They were hot. They were real hot. Era of like what was it? Like, like August, three months August of 2000? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. People were doing tricks with them and shit. All types of stuff. God. Kids like, getting, I can spin eight fidget spinners at once. Kids out there getting like hopes and dreams up about becoming a professional fidget spinner, <laughs> making money <laughs> on the circuit. <laughs> Imagine, and then be like, "Wow, you can't make money fidget spinning." I'll I'll be goddamned if I if I ever see someone pay someone else for doing fidget spinner tricks. It's gonna be an issue. I'm moving, then, I'm, someone, then I'm definitely moving <laughs> to the forest. <laughs> what if it was on the train and they were like, showtime, and they came out and just started <laughs> fidget spinning, doing tricks and shit. <laughs> fidget spinners. Probably, probably roll my eyes, cross my arms. <laughs> like, that sort of thing. <laughs> and then what if people start giving them money? Then you'd be mad. It's, it's going to be it's gonna be a party. Uh Anyway, uh, let's let's get to the main main event, uh, which was this, this week. So yeah. Um, good lord! Like when I, it was, I knew it was going to be something good because um, Lakeith Stanfield, who plays Darius, he put he went on Twitter. He said this episode's all about me, and I heard somewhere that it was going to be forty one minutes with no commercial breaks. Um, which is pretty impressive. I, I believe the way that works is they ran an ad, uh, like a two minute trailer for this movie called, um, sorry to bother you that Lucky Stanfield is, is the lead in. And I'm guessing that the movie studio just bought all the ads for the, the, the block in order for it to wow. run, uh, without commercials. So people out there, if you want to support Atlanta, tweet, tweet at, 
the movie studio find out? I don't know. I could look it up right now, but or just go see the movie. Sorry to sorry to bother you when it comes out. I think it's in June, um, because they're they're supporting great work like like this episode and Atlanta generally. But anyway, um, I'm not gonna do like a plot summary. Um, if you haven't seen it, go watch it now. It's it is it, like I've been reading a lot about it already, and like they already did an interview with the guy who played Benny about like it's just so many points i read um, yeah i read that last night that was strange that they didn't tell he like he knew so little about it yeah that donald glover was well first of all i knew it was donald glover when yeah i, was watching. I he, could like, tell that right away yeah because like his his eyes going wide that's a that's a donald glover move and there were other mannerisms and also the guy had like his build but man that face like the, his prosthetics and makeup and good lord it was disturbing um, very creepy and his voice um but basically there's there's a couple points i want to hit that i wrote down um I'll, why don't we just i'll do one and then you'll do one okay um, but the, it started out with um darius in the store uh on his way out to the house to pick up the piano and he bought like a, a red trucker hat that said um southern was it southern made and then he used yeah. a red sharpie to to color out all the letters so that it read you mad which i thought i was i bust out laughing <laughs> i was laughing at that too i actually thought what did i th- i thought he was just gonna color the e and put southern mad for some reason but his, his was better his was better <laughs> than my idea <laughs> yeah um so what what struck you uh, what's one thing that's struck you um <clears throat> it well the first thing was that it, i think they you really use like uh lakeith's role in get out like yeah. <laughs> to you know as part of the episode like that that really you felt that immediately like oh this is creepy this felt like he got he was creeped out in that one yeah, it's um, sort of like what yeah, that's interesting. It's like maybe it fills in the gap and get out where Lakeith was just at the house or uh, I'd forget Lakeith's character's name in, in Get Out, but like like it, it basically shows him getting kidnapped and then later in the movie he's already like turned over or whatever. Maybe it, like this is like that gap or it's a, it's a ref- I don't know. They they're clearly referencing some Get Out stuff. Um yeah. From the uh with the particularly with the camera thing where Teddy took a photo of him with a Polaroid. That that scene was really weird. Mm-hmm. I know we're jumping, and listeners, I know we're jumping around, but like I'm really excited to talk about this. Like, um, but I, I rewatched it, and he took a photo. Lakeith or Darius sort of put his arms up, but then when the photo was developed, it was him crossing his his arms in an X in front of his face which was really weird. I, there's some talk that it may have been symbolism about like masks re- related to Darius character. But anyway, sorry, I, I interrupted you. But. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I, I told you, I thought I, I couldn't even see him in that picture. I thought I just didn't appear at all. Right. No, which would have been far stranger. But right. <laughs> I was up for anything in this episode. Like as soon, I think I was, I was texting you, like as soon as... He was like standing there in the dark when he walked through the door. It's like, oh shit! And I saw his face. It's like, man, this is gonna be fucking freaky. Yeah, you could sort of tell immediately. 
You mean when when Darius first got to the house, right? Yeah, when he comes through the door and then the door just opens and um Teddy's in the shadows on the wall <laughs> standing oh, next to the right. door. <laughs> and then he says something. Yeah. I think both Donald Glover as Teddy and Lakeith Sanfield as Darius should this should be their submission for Emmy consideration. And as writers for the show, I think Donald Glover wrote this episode. It's like incredible, like incredible performances. So Donald Glover was playing Teddy as this really unsettling, older, eccentric. Um, you know, the we'll get to the MJ stuff. Um, but just if you just like putting aside the MJ stuff, like just as an unsettling eccentric, mm-hmm. really just really just on a, just that on its own as a character trope. Like he played really well from the voice to the eyes to the little mannerisms to like him like looking at Darius just a little bit too long. Um, of course, that Oscar was he even guy, blinking? He might not have been. Damn, that's a good point. I don't know. And his little his little teeth were weird too. I didn't even notice the teeth. <laughs> and I thought, whenever I see like a face like that, I don't know. I don't know how many people are familiar. I mean, I had I watched like all of these movies with my dad, but like all those old Planet of the Apes movies. I mean, that's that's what that kind of like makeup and prosthesis always makes me feel like. It takes me back, like right back to those Planet of the Apes, those original ones where they looked like so creepy. Um, yeah, because they the the movements don't, don't work quite right. Right. Um. And yeah, and there was nothing like his nothing in his face moved except for his mouth. Right, and that voice too. Good. <laughs> I didn't mind the voice. I liked his weird little laugh. I only got you like, like the, what you like the voice. That voice was all right. The voice didn't bother me. That voice was the for me. That was the worst part. Oh wow! If if he yeah the the face was I mean awful <laughs> and and terrifying <laughs> and monstrous. But that it was the voice. It was the voice that would like like that was the, he's the sort of that that character. If that was in real life, I couldn't be in the same house as that person mm. for any length of time, and certainly not overnight. <laughs> not, not going for a sleepover? <laughs> no, thank you. If I, see, if I, if I had, what I would see, well, we're getting to that, had, had that been me segment, which if you wanted to, if, if we have time, we'll, we'll get to it, because I, I don't know, I really, really get into this episode. Um, but as soon as I saw him and yeah, you're right. Like he was off to the side and he started talking. I would, I would back out the door and I would be like, okay, I'm just going to stay out here. We can do the transaction outside. Mm. I'm not, I'm not going to be in there with the door closed with this, this guy. Yeah, and then when he put those two hands out, <laughs> like that weird ass handshake. Oh, the weird handshake. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, there was so I mean, much strange stuff. This guy is supposed to be like, I, I guess he's roughly the same age as his brother Benny. Teddy and Benny, they were both taught to play piano. I guess Benny became more more talented. He was more talented. Became more famous. 
Um, than Teddy. I'm guessing that they're both in their like mid to late fifties, just based on some references that he said he was in New York and he's you know he's staying at a hotel for eight dollars a day. $8 right. A night. So that 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 sort of places it in in time in the sixties. So maybe they're in the sixties. They're they're sixties, I should say. For Benny was and Teddy was a little bit younger. Um, yeah, that that sounds about right. And I mean, I, it it was yeah, everything about it was very off putting. Like his little message machine, but you didn't know it was a message. You thought it was an intercom. He's oh like, so is, is your guy bringing the water? He's like, no, those are just messages to me. <laughs> oh, this, this is I use this for recordings for notes. And like one of the messages was like, wash your hands immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Wash your hands immediately. I was laughing so hard. I loved it. It was finished knitting hat for Dionne Warwick. Oh, wash your true. hands immediately and when you have a chance get Darius some water (laughs) I like that I mean at first I was like at first before I knew the things I knew something bad was going to happen towards the end but at first I was like is this guy just trying to do power moves on this guy because I like I like the 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 thing about like when you have time to he's saying to himself when you have time get some water from Darius which yeah. is like that's kind of like a like 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 a power play with Darius it's just like I don't give like yeah I'll make you some water or like it is I'll, right like you'll you'll get some water when we when we get around to it you'll get some water and then later in the episode when he's like upstairs and he's like yeah let me get you some water do you want bottled water he's like yeah he's like okay I'll mix together it's <laughs> like three different types of bottled water that he, yeah he said, and then he gives it to him in a glass it was like Evian Poland Springs Voss and it may have been one other one like, what is who is this guy was it Fiji um, yeah oh yeah Fiji was in there somewhere Imagine mixing together different types of bottles, and you know that just came from the tab too. He was in there mixing, <laughs> mixing up the medicine. God. Oh man. And that so, that part did get scary when he slammed that, and it's like, no, you don't understand. Yeah, he's it's like, like, whoa. Yeah, what, what, what was the build up to that? He's like. I, there's thought he was talking about his difficulties with his. He's sort of like slow building his. Uh, Teddy was sort of slow building like his backstory with his family, in particular his his brother and his dad, and but this was all before like the big reveal. I think where he's like, he was just generally talking about his relationship with Benny, and Darius sort of offhandedly is like, yeah, I know how you, I know how you feel. He just like snaps. I was like, no, you don't. Yeah. Really loud. <laughs> And then that was like, oh, now this is like real fucking freaky. Yeah. One one thing I, I noted as well is the um to, that really went a long long way to amping up the tension uh, was the sound mix, the audio oh. mix, and the lack of you know because in a lot of episodes of Atlanta there's there's like background noise background music. Um, oh yeah, there was no background noise. There's, there's dedicated um, like music, like a score or or just like tracks that they use. There was nothing throughout the entire mm. sequence when he was in the house, and they I think I was paying attention to the second time around and, and they they mixed like like footsteps and like when Darius notices the blood on the piano. 
like him playing with the blood was mixed a little bit louder than than you would typically have like just the gushy like noise okay um and yeah that i mean just the the, the background hum humming and stuff and it would go quiet and then very loud yeah it was they did an amazing job on that that point yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know <clears throat> where that was set. Some like random mansion in Georgia, but that was it was. It was pretty good, good and scary. Yeah, real, so the, real scary. I guess I'll. We can end with the sort of allegorical themes and, and the MJ stuff. But before that, I do want to get to. So, what I remember, like my most distinct memory after my first viewing, because I was I was blown away. After that first viewing, I was t- I texted you about it. I texted like six other people, um, yeah, people that I never text and who didn't who still haven't gotten back to me. Uh, but um, I was just like, this is it, it. It was a nice feeling. Like I don't often like I like what I like, and I don't care if the consensus of the crit- critics like it. It wasn't sort of nice feeling to sort of have that reaffirmed by the general critical consensus saying this was like a, an amazing episode of Atlanta, amazing episode of TV. I don't get it too much into that. Like I have my own thoughts about art criticism in general, um, which I won't get into right now. Um, but uh, man, it was like this, that's why this, sh- like no other show, including Game of Thrones to this day, which I love, there's no other show that really blows me away except for Atlanta. And maybe you're the worst, um, but that's mostly about relationship drama and stuff, dating. Um, and like it's in its like it was in its fourth season, so I, I was only really blown away by the first two seasons of You're the Worst. But in any case, this like I was mm-hmm. I was stunned at the end of this episode. Yeah, I was um, completely stunned. Like I, I, I guess I should be used to it by now. About like the. Uh, like no real necessarily like connecting storyline for the whole season because we, we I think we talked about it in season one like even right. when he was like trying to Paperboy was like sort of like that that storyline but not really like this season it's almost it's almost like some anthology show where it's just like these standalone episodes yeah. that almost they, they they link together but not really i mean everyone was i was reading online about how you know robin season has been the name of the season so everybody has gotten you know someone's gotten something stolen or someone's been robbed in each episode you can see what was robbed but i guess that's the only like really thread connecting everything besides the actual characters themselves because there's no like story arc for the season at all that's that that's a great I, I like what you said about um, it being almost like an anthology season or the, the anthology anthology geez, anthology series because we, and then going back to like when you asked like how would I describe this this might it might actually fit better as an anthology series just set in like young lower middle class like lower middle class young people's experience in Atlanta or in the I, I would say maybe the American South, but Atlanta is pretty particular um, mm-hmm. to that region, um, just in terms of economics and, and population. 
and all sorts of things. But um, so, yeah, I think specific to Atlanta, it's almost like, you know, in The Wire, they always said that Baltimore was a character in, in the show. Like right. Atlanta is definitely, but like, yeah, I, li- I like the, the notion that it's like an anthology series about life uh, just above like the underclass level and maybe, or maybe underclass and, and moderately above uh, in Atlanta in 2018. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I love it. I mean, but I mean, it's like generally I'm drawn to things that are, that's more like story based, like, ooh, what's gonna happen next week with this character? But this one is right. just sort of like, oh, there's, I'm not even thinking about that anymore. I stopped yeah. thinking about that stuff. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I love, love those shows too, those types of shows too. I don't need that from Atlanta. Um, right. I mean, it, this, I will say, like, one of my complaints about, I'd say, I'd say the barbershop episode was maybe the only episode I, I would have a complaint about, or a, a, strong, a strong complaint about. And with that episode, it was that I think it really needed a B story, um, just mm-hmm. following uh, Paperboy and Bibby around. Like it, it got a little. Bibby got pretty annoying. Um, <laughs> but maybe that was the whole point, so you could feel Paperboy's annoyance. Paperboy, like you know. could like really feel it. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, yeah, I remember. Fuck, I, and again, I, I bring this up all the time, but this show really takes me back to growing up in in Ohio. And just bumming around with friends, with not really having anything set, any set plans. And I remember the frustration that I would have, like before I got a car, and, and like, um, or if I just didn't have a car, and being uh, subject to the whims of whoever did have a car to get around. Like they would set the plan for the day. Um, yeah, that's true. That shit always sucked. You're like, oh man, now I got to ride with this guy over here. Run. Then they start like running errands, and you just with them. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it was it was interesting. Like so, so, I brought that up because the only cutaway in this episode, the newer episode, um, was when uh, they uh, when Darius called. Um, he called Paperboy, and he was and Paperboy's with. Earn and Tracy in the car at the drive-through at a Crystals, and that 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 they basically they were like there were like two jokes there, which was like looking at Sammy Sosa photos, and yeah, like cracking on him, and then the the guy at the drive-through trying to like impress Paperboy by like adding free fries and Paperboy being like I don't want any fries in the bag take them out I don't want <laughs> yeah that take them great. out he's like yeah let me, I'll hook you, hook you up with some extra fries he's like I don't want fries and he, he actually said that when he, he's like I think he ordered a combo menu or combo order with no fries and there I, I immediately thought of you when he made that order like a, a, ordering a combo but removing something yeah <laughs> like, and yeah. he's like it costs more if you just because I have to ring it up as just the burger and the drink which costs more than the value menu item which comes with a thing of fries but no I, I always I'm very particular about the way I order um, and I'm trying I am trying to get better lately uh, is, fuck, I could do a whole podcast about that. Those minor annoyances in New York. You, you gotta be you, man. You gotta, you gotta. Yeah. But I did crack up when he's like, the 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 guy at the drive through window 
he's like, I, I got I got some extra fries for you too. And he's like, I didn't want those. Take them out. And he's like, be grateful or something like that. Yeah, he was he was laughing, and then his face went so serious. He's like, I told you I want fries. Take them out. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I I don't know, but this is this is a. See now you've got me almost as excited as you for this show. Remember when you were sending me those text messages? You were like, "Oh, it's it's pre it's pre Atlanta Thursday." <laughs> Damn, chill out. I said it was Atlanta Day Eve. Yeah. I, sent, I sent you an email on when on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Damn, man, oh, that fuck. hyped about it." But now I'm like getting to that level. Yeah. So. So the other again, one I think you may have something, but one more thing that I wanted to bring up before getting to larger issues um, uh, was the scene where uh, Teddy pulls out the gun on Darius. Oh my gosh! He yeah, because he was like, yeah, the restroom's uh three doors down, right near the attic. And like, but his brother had told him to put the gun in the attic. Somehow he. I know, and it was like the attic. I, was like, oh, I gasped when he said that. Yeah, he's like, it's right in the attic, right next door. <laughs> and then he pulls out the gun. And right. then, but anyway, I was like, I was worried for like Darius played it pretty cool. Um, he's clearly scared, but as my, this is like the second, like so the face. Teddy's face and that was number one, and this is number two of what I was left with at the end of the episode. As they were walking downstairs into the, the main room, the ground floor. Yeah. And he had the and so Darius is walking in front and uh, Teddy is pointing a big ass shotgun. He's walking he's walking closely behind him to where the end of the shotgun is maybe only six inches from the from Darius's back. In that moment, I was like, ah, oh, Darius, you just got to do a quick move where you duck down, turn around, oh, push, oh the, push, boy. push the barrel. I was, yeah, I was getting my fucking splinter cell shit. Just like, duck down. I had, I, had the, I had the kung fu all mapped out. I had the fight, fight choreography all mapped out. He ducks down, spins around, pushes the shotgun barrel up. So even if in that moment he, try, he goes to pull the trigger, the, the gun blast will ideally just go into the ceiling and i mean he's bigger than this guy he's old he's an old man so mm-hmm. power him. i mean yeah i was thinking i wasn't thinking all that but i was sort of thinking yeah i mean darius could just overpower him that gun is humongous there's <laughs> there's no way he's gonna be able to like maneuver that fast enough from Darius, I mean, and, and and in a one-on-one fight, if Darius loses to that guy, then he deserves to die. Like, <laughs> you, if you if you lose to him, if you lose to him for real, <laughs> uh, oh my god, uh, I'm inclined to agree. Um, if you lose to Teddy Perkins in a, in a hand-to-hand combat competition, so this, so this is come on. He's already disarmed him, and then it's just one-on-one, right? Have to you know, choke him. I feel like Teddy would do something even wilder. 
if he came to that, if he used his arm, like that would just be terrifying. Like his mask off or something. And his face oh my god! And his face is like melted, or, and then he bites you. Pulls a machete out from under his robe, or something. I don't okay, know. True, I mean, I, look, true. it's easy for me to say, and like Darius is obviously terrified, and like if you have a gun on you, gun pointed at you, definitely. Usually, you kind of want to. I, and this is not advice like this is my my own thoughts generally you want to do whatever the person says until it's clear that they're going to kill you definitely then you fight right back. right um but at the point where he's like the problem is at the point where teddy throws the hand the handcuffs at him the the just the, the range is he was like at that point i think maybe <laughs> six feet away from him so he yeah 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 walking. teddy was smart and he stopped walking yeah. So, and then yeah. if, you're, if you're handcuffed, like you, that's that's it. You're dead. So, but you're dead if you try to fight back at that point too. So, like, he is. But then, for me, that didn't. Um, it didn't fit into his story that he was going to tell the police, his home invasion story. Yeah, I was trying to work out what his game plan there was. I think basically, the home invasion wouldn't work out because there would be correspond. Although he, yeah, there's there's correspondence setting up the Darius coming there. Although he did employ a third party to do that, right? Um, on the message board, which you know, okay, so. Oh yeah, Teddy was. I forgot about that. Yeah, Teddy was creepy enough to set up to lure him in. He lured yeah. him. So wow. he's, probably, he's probably good there. He's not going to be good with a big old U-Haul truck, because what is he going to say to the police? Well, this guy was clearly planning to just pull up a U-Haul. Steal everything inside the house. Yeah. All the valuables. Well, right. He did mention, Teddy mentioned uh, around the time that the handcuffs were going on um, that he was going to be like, oh, yeah, he's an an obsessed fan. You're obsessed with Benny. Yeah, see, there you go. Which I don't know if that's going to hold water, but I think he wanted to kill because when Benny showed up at the end, he's like, Benny, you're alive. He was so surprised. I think he had I think he had beaten. Basically, I think what happened is his plan was beat Benny up in the upstairs area with the piano and then throw like throw his body in the basement Okay. In, the, in the wheelchair though which I don't know how that works but then he assumed Benny was dead from the beating I guess and then then shoot Darius and then make it look like Darius had beaten up Benny and then came after Teddy with the um, fire poker thing um, what do you call this? poker right yeah, it's a fire poker. Yeah. Um, fireplace poker. Uh, and then he had to put him in defense. Right. But if, if he was going to do all that, he should have shot him upstairs. Or what, he originally pulled the gun on him. Yeah, I mean, clearly this guy doesn't have a lot, maybe a lot of experience in forensics. Uh, <laughs> his story would have fallen apart immediately, and he would probably have been Yeah. Oh, home invasion. Oh, okay. He, I see these big bullet holes through the through the back of his chair, and he's dead in in the chair. Yeah, this is what happened. You'd have, have to get rid of the U-Haul truck too, I think. Like, because because he the cops would be like, well, it looks like a a big vehicle just pulled up here. We can tell from the tire tracks. Um, so you're saying that this guy pulled up in a U-Haul truck? That's pretty brazen for a home robber. Usually, you want to be a little bit secretive. 
and not pull up a huge truck in front of the mansion. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have held up. And by the way, speaking of the truck and the cars, how the hell did Teddy get his car out there so fast right behind his car? Man, this guy was making moves. And, and get back inside. See, that maybe makes me think that he Darius wouldn't have won in a one-on-one <laughs> combat style. No, see, he's not, he's not, maybe he plays the role of the weird old man eating ostrich eggs. Um, but maybe Which was disgusting, by the way. That was fucking awful. I don't even want to think You heard that, that like sloshing around? Yeah, see, again, the sound mixing. Very unsettling. Mm-hmm. Also, like, a soft, I don't, I mean, I get the, the concept of a soft-boiled egg, just a regular chicken egg, seems awful. Is that a thing? I never liked, I never liked that. People, yeah, people have that. Soft that's, that's what those little things are for, you know? So then you, you crack it, right? And like he was doing, you open up the top, and then people dip, like, bread and shit, and little, like, toast, toast pieces in there. So then it just tastes like the runny egg yolk? Yeah, but then some of the so the soft boil part is that the white has been cooked so it's solid, but not like all the way solid, you know. And then the middle is not cooked. I don't know. Probably like two minutes boiling, maybe two or three, maybe five. I don't know. Maybe something like that. So that the out so the white is solidified, but the inside yolk hasn't been cooked, and so that's still pretty much liquid. So then they open it, and you're dipping, and then you can eat the egg white. And it's like. I, it's all, I had someone eat that next to me once, and I, I wanted to vomit. I was like, yeah, I, you, no. You have about, just based on the, the, what you've just said, a thousand times more experience with soft-boiled eggs like, than I do. I, hadn't, I don't think I've even heard of people eating soft-boiled eggs until this episode. <laughs> yeah, man. People like that shit. You can order it in a restaurant. I will not. Mm-hmm. We'll go out to breakfast one day, and I'll order one, eat it in front of you. Yeah, okay, well, then I'll make sure to bring my shotgun. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, okay, did you have any other Brandon points before we get into the big picture? Um, I think the, the last thing is I like <clears throat> how they just sort of strung, strung the viewers along with the idea that Teddy was Benny and Benny was Teddy until the very end when they uh, realized yeah. they were actually separate people and not the same. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Darius did mention as well, I think when he, when he called uh, Paperboy, he, he said he thought that it was, they were the same person. This guy was just messing with him, basically. Right. Uh, he wasn't too concerned about it at that point. But I, I guess I never thought like that that hadn't really occurred to me because there were all those photos because of all the scenes with the photos and it seemed like the guy in the photos didn't look i mean obviously this guy teddy looks you know he's had work done probably uh and but i i don't know for whatever reason like i i always thought there were two distinct people oh okay okay yeah i was never fully on board that benny was like a an actual person or that Teddy, you know, that they were separate people, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess that, well, so what's the, the theory there that this guy, so the, the guy that Darius meets with the weird face is actually Benny. There isn't any Teddy. And right. Benny, because all the pictures, all the pictures are of Benny, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's the, I don't, I don't know for whatever reason that, 
it, it makes sense as a, as a, as a you know, reasonable and, theory. But. And in that home movie, you wouldn't even be able to tell. I mean, they were both so so different looking from what he was now. You're like, oh, okay. Right. That, yeah, and even... And even um, and there was only one of them in that whole movie. Yeah, that was the, the, the other thing is like, I don't know. Well, let's let's get into the to the to the main thing, because basically, you know, so the face of Teddy was clearly um, a reference to Michael Jackson's face. Um, years of his life. Um, clearly had plastic surgery done, um, skin lightening, most likely. Although he claimed it was vitiligo, I don't know. What, what, whatever. He looked quite different than he did, um, and, and it's very distinctive look. And of, and of course, the hair as well, and also sort of the manner, the posture, and the mannerisms. I thought Donald Glover did a good job of, of sort of making him look like late latter day Michael Jackson from you know from the footage of like documentaries from that era. And also, you know, this is it uh, when he was prepping for that tour, um, but. Uh, in the photos, the, there was one photo of Benny, who was made up in like a full head wrap and like um, this like sun covering hat and stuff. And that is also a distinct look from it's from some paparazzi photo or something from MJ's life. That's true. Yeah. So because when I saw that, I immediately thought, oh, this is probably an allegory for the two sides of Michael Jackson and the concept that there's this idea that you know he had to sort of make himself look more caucasian in order to become the superstar that he wanted to be or he thought he wanted to be um and i'm no michael jackson expert i am a big fan um but yeah you know everyone knows about him so i don't i don't know like i think i think the main theory of this the main theme of this was whether or not whether you have to sacrifice to be a a, a good artist and how and how much and does the sacrifice need to be so so brutally painful um, in order for the for the work to be good and have value? I, th- I, I if I had to sum up the theme of this episode, I'd say that's what he was probably going for. Yeah, <clears throat> it seemed like that was there because he said that in the beginning, like when he uh, when Teddy was talking about playing music with Benny, it's like, well, maybe we'll get a great album of it out of this. Cause he was, you know, his condition was getting worse and he wasn't going outside and he was just being depressed. Right. And then, um, and then he said it again upstairs, like not, when he was talking about his father, like, um, great art from comes from great pain or something like that. I don't know if he said great art. Did he say great art comes from great pain? He basically said to that effect that he, he very clearly thought that you can only get great art from great pain. Because right, and Darius that was, was the opposite. Ex- that was his experience. I mean, Darius alluded to some issues with his dad, but he clearly felt yeah. like... And, you know, if I had to pick, I, I would go Darius's way. I'd say great art can come from great pain, but it, it's certainly not necessary. Yeah, that's I mean, that's all that Darius was saying. And then he was saying, like, it could come from love, too. But exactly. Teddy wasn't... Teddy was not having that. I think... I mean, I think this is something, you know, by this big interest in comedy and a lot of successful comedians had very troubling upbringings. Um, Richard Pryor is probably the, the preeminent example um, of that. Although, you know, there's Eddie Murphy too, who, whose family was, you know, poor, you would describe coming up, but no real trauma. Chris Rock, same deal. Um, although I guess he got, he sort of got beat up and bullied in high school and stuff, but you know, that's not 
super traumatic. I mean, I think what Teddy, the one big giveaway is Teddy referenced, he's like, I want to make this into a museum and this will be the wing for devoted fathers who helped. Right. And then he started going down those like Joe. He said Joe Jackson, right off the stage, says yeah. Marvin Gaye, who killed his. Sorry, Marvin Gaye's dad, who killed his, who killed Marvin Gaye. Um, there was uh, one more. It was uh, Serena Venus and Serena Williams' dad and Tiger Woods' dad. Oh, that's what it was. How did I miss that? Yeah, and then he he did also say the was it the dad who left Emilio Estevez? In, yes, yes, <laughs> the dad who dropped off Emilio Estevez in Breakfast Club. Club. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's that, how I missed it because I heard that and started laughing. Yeah, and that's like, a good that's a good joke, especially to put now. Here's here's the thing. Here's a complicating factor, though, in referencing those particular dads. And I say, and I want to point out specifically, MJ's dad, Tiger Woods' dad, and the Williams sisters' dad. Those three are arguably the best in their field of all time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what does that tell you? It, oh, I mean, um, you could argue that it. it it, it, I mean, it worked. Something worked, I would say for sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know all the details of, of all of those relationships, right? But I don't, I don't think that, um, what's his name? Richard. Richard Williams was like right. abusive like the other ones, but he was definitely, he definitely pushed them very hard and like took them to their limits and past their limits. Yeah, and I, I mean, this uh, this episode of the show is specifically talking about Black American experience, and so the examples they use are, you know, in three fields. That I, you know, that I don't know that much about golf. It seems like Tiger Woods is probably the best. MJ is definitely the best pop pop musician of all time. Yeah, King. Uh, King. Serena Williams is arguably the best athlete, period, across the board because of the way that she's dominated her sport. Uh, you could say, you know, Roger Federer is, is similar in, in men's tennis, but I, I, I don't know that he's quote, been quite as dominant. I think you'd have to wait until the end of their careers because um, they're both still very active. Uh, yeah. Before you say that, Tiger too. Um, and he came up, he was in the news this, this week, and I guess, I don't know if there's some book coming out about his childhood or his dad or something, but um, – I, they reference something. So there's a Malcolm Gladwell book, book called uh, Outliers, where he talks about this theory that's sort of gone pop culture about 10,000 hours. Do you know, you heard about this? I do. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically, it's like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it, Malcolm Gladwell uses a lot of anecdotal evidence to support his theories, uh, which isn't great from a scientific standpoint, but uh, he references the Beatles and Bill Gates, who both had, were able to get 10,000 hours of experience. Uh, the Beatles playing music in Hamburg, playing live, um, basically every day for like six hours, which is insane. Uh, and then Bill Gates, um, who was able to go to a computer lab, I think at the University of Washington, um, in his in his spare time while he was in elementary school and, and all through through that, they were able to get 10,000 hours in their field, like before they were like. 25 basically and that launched them but anyway i say all that to say that in this thing i read about tiger tiger had his 10,000 hours at like the age of like nine 
Yeah, he had that very, very early. I mean, he was on one of those TV shows. I saw something on the internet the other That's day right, yeah. just because it's, the, it's the Masters and he's been playing better these days. But right. he was tiny. I don't even know what show. What he's show like was that? He was three years old. It was some old talk show from the mm-hmm. 70s. Um, but that's, yeah, that's a pretty good one. But, yeah, so I don't, I mean, you know, I, no, I, you know, I follow tennis, so look at the greats there. Like Novak Djokovic has, he just like, I mean, he, in tennis, you need to have access. Uh, but his family ran like a tennis and ski resort. So he was able to do it. For, but, but, the brutalizing children i think so anyway going back the premise of and the other part of the theme of this is that this is something specific to black americans that they're not afforded the the leeway or opportunity that like a novak djokovic or bill gates might have where you you don't need to have a parent who's just on your ass all the time and like beating you to be successful mm-hmm. Because I mean, well, frankly, it's it's not as hard as it would be to be the best uh, as a Black American performer in you know our era or, or the going back to the whatever we we all know about this topic. But so I think Teddy's point in the show was that he referenced sacrifice over and over, and his sacrifice was the childhood that you know a loving childhood but he, right. he was able to justify it to himself because he's like look at all this success look at all this great work that benny my brother created um yeah uh i don't know it's it's fascinating because there's i don't know that there's really an answer there and i could see i see his point he might be right i might be talking myself into his point even though i don't want to i mean that's i've had this conversation with um several people but mainly about michael and joe like that relationship like you know where yes it was when you look at it from the outside it was it was awful it was a terrible relationship but at the same time like who is michael jackson without that is he anybody without that is he just some some poor black kid from gary indiana that does that does nothing without joe being who he is like you know that's like one of the questions of the ages like yeah like yeah he was terrible but maybe michael needed that terrible person in his life and this and this is something i've thought about mj for a long time um and i've i've sort of you know i was i was you know a fan i don't know how you couldn't be at least marginal fan of his growing up um but after he passed i i looked into him a little bit more and i I, you know i've gotten into modern dance and gotten into an appreciation of modern dance i guess and he is amazing arguably the best in that just that particular niche as well um but i thought often like his he was internationally famous at at like six six years old and beloved and but you know with that comes people trying to get over on him people trying to get something from him people like can you imagine every single interaction you have is someone trying to get something from you right you can't trust anybody never had any friends outside of his brothers and it doesn't seem like he had a great strong friendship with them even his mom i think he was close to his mom um but that like and that's the sacrifice that teddy referenced like you it's you 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 know now i'm thinking about there's a there's a play called um the pillow man um 
that I saw a long time ago. It was on Broadway. It's written by the guy who wrote and directed uh, Three Billboards outside of Edinburgh. Oh, okay. This guy, Martin McDonough. So he's, he's a playwright for a long time before he got into movies. Um, but basically the premise of this, the Pillow Man, this is all di- different kinds of things, is two brothers who were raised roughly the same age, who were raised together by psychi- psychiatrist parents. And they decided to do an experiment on their kids. Where wow. with one, they gave him a loving, normal, nurturing uh, childhood. And the other, they tortured with electroshock from what? childhood into adolescence. And that kid became crazy and killed them. Killed the parents eventually. And then his brother had oh. to take care of him. Um, and it goes into a lot of other stuff. It's, it's really well done. But that's, that's the thing is like, you, you know, is it justified? I mean, that's that's not a great example to as a comparison to MJ, but like he had a goal. Like Joe Jackson had a goal. He was very rigorous. He he put a lot of effort into it as well because he had to be building connections in the business, mm-hmm. make the right moves, place them properly, get the get you know got get Motown involved early on. He's a pretty savvy businessman. Um, for me, for me though, yes, I'm, I'm sort of speculating. At the end of the day, I'm coming down on no, no, don't. Being the best in. in Wait, are you saying don't abuse? I am coming down strong on don't abuse your children. <laughs> Planting my flag in that. Fair enough. <laughs> and you know, as as great of a song as uh, "Smooth Criminal" is, uh, it's probably better to have like a normal, normal, happy childhood. <laughs> oh, that's a wonderful song, and that little mini movie that went with it. Oh God, yeah, shit. he's like leaning over, and he doesn't fall mm-hmm. down. It's crazy. Mm-mm-mm. Michael. Uh, but I guess there, there's your Robin of the week, right? Robbed of his childhood, Teddy. Exactly. Teddy exactly. had no childhood. Teddy and Benny. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I was not expecting this, I will say. I was not expecting the murder-suicide. Oh, no. Not yeah, expecting no. the suicide at all. I, I, yeah, that's a good point. Like I, I definitely didn't think that Darius was going to die. I thought... I guess I don't know. I, I thought something weird would happen. I, I was like certain he wasn't going to die. Although I wouldn't put him yeah, past I him. Thought, I thought he like was going to die. I wouldn't put it past him to do something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, although, you know, in keeping with the anthology series, I don't know how you go on the rest of the season without like addressing Darius's death it, like <laughs> in every episode. It seems like that would kind of drag down the show a little bit yeah um, and Darius might be my favorite character to be honest I think so huh he's he's right up there I I, lo- I like Darius a lot I think yeah I mean I was gonna initially say Earn. I do like Earn, despite his his asshole issues, tendencies asshole tendencies and issues but I do maybe it is Darius maybe it's like I feel like I sort of aspire to be like Darius, but I know I'm more like Ern. 
<laughs> Man, you getting real reflective over here yeah. on the visualist yeah. podcast. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to be like Darius, but I think I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's, he's, a, he's a great character. I mean, you can't, you can't just have some weirdo kill him. Although this, it, if he goes out in this episode, like that's, that's fitting, but yeah. When the brother pulled up, too, I was like, why didn't Teddy run and get the gun right away? I mean, I guess he was shocked. He thought Teddy was dead for some reason, which seems like a bit of a plot hole. Um, Wait, 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 say that again. So at the end, when Benny pulls up in the elevator, the gun is roughly six feet away from him and also six feet away from Teddy. Oh, right, right, right. As and he's in a wheel, Benny's in a chair. It seems like as Benny's approaching the gun, Teddy could have quickly gone over there and grabbed it away from him. But I think he was so shocked that Benny was alive that he was, he was too stunned. Yeah, I think that's what did it. He's like, "What? He's alive?" And then he just he didn't react. But then the question is. So we're led to believe that Teddy got the gun from the attic. He references, oh, I got, I was in the attic and I got a gun, which is a direct reference to what Benny told. Right. That's why it's so, that's why you're still thinking like they're the same person. Yeah. Why the fuck is he talking about the attic? Yeah. But if he was, if he thought he was dead, he would have been like why is because they, they did ref, they did show they had security camera footage throughout the house yeah so he should have known that benny was alive and he shouldn't have been that surprised and if he wasn't surprised and he should have ran up for the gun so that, i guess he wasn't he wasn't watching the footage he wasn't paying attention i guess he's out there making making maneuvers yeah trying to make darius his sacrifice i don't know like that he was just deranged at that point talk about you're the sacrifice yeah, I'm not sure what what he planned to get out of killing Benny and Darius. Right. That that was my whole thing too. It's like, okay, so you killed him, and then then what? I mean, what is what is that doing for you? Yeah, like he just doesn't seem like someone that likes to kill people. But I don't I don't know. There was something in his mind that that, that was going to do. I mean, he was riding pretty hard for the sacrifice concept. Yeah, that's for damn sure. I don't know. Maybe don't maybe know. Darius wasn't the first. Maybe he's doing actually that because <clears throat> if Benny knew because he wrote down in this he's gonna, gonna kill you. Gonna yeah. Kill maybe he has had other people come through. That's true. Maybe yeah. There you go. He's not the first one. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn. Teddy. Yeah, but I, th- I think I texted you as soon as I saw. I mean, Darius was going, no, 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 man. As soon as I saw that, that elevator go past one, head down to the basement. Oh well, hell no, I'm out of here. I wouldn't have gotten off the elevator. I would have closed that bitch back up, gone right back upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> why am I getting? Why am I getting off the elevator in the basement? I am press basement. That is that's a great point. And they, they shot that so well too with like the old tiny elevator where it's like okay, yeah. one and then it goes further down and <laughs> that was great. Great another great moment to amp up the, the fear and the tension. 
Well, it was all, yeah, overall great. I mean, I think I, I had read this somewhere too that they, it may have been Vulture or Complex. One of these guys was like, this is, this is the Emmy episode. And Cat Williams' performance in the first one is like Cat Williams' like Emmy submission right there, too. Right. Yeah. I could see it. I mean, I think they did win some Emmys for the first season. Uh, I think so. They got Donald got a director or a writer, right? Or was that Lena? Uh, Lena Waithe. Lena got the writer for Thanksgiving, right? Her and Aziz, yeah, they got writing for that? Master of None, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then Donald got director for an episode then, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, I, he, he doesn't seem like the type to do this for, for the Emmys and no he's above that right yeah yeah <laughs> he's doing it for shits and giggles <laughs> he's doing it to slam mj because he's always hated him um oh wow ooh, ooh, that's a hot take uh, <laughs> I could, I mean, I could see people reading it that way if they're not, maybe not familiar with the show, like seeing it as slamming MJ somehow. Man, you're right. You probably look online, you can find an article like that. Yeah. It's disrespectful to the legacy. <laughs> maybe it's honoring Michael's legacy. Um, yeah, well, I'll be, I'll be curious to hear what the Firestarters uh, have to say about it as well. I, hopefully they, they were Yeah, that'll be on this week's, right? I yeah. I don't think they were Or last week's? No, that's they on this week's. Yeah, because they record on Wednesday. I don't think they reviewed yeah. the Barbershop episode. In uh, I think I'm listening. I'm listening to the TV segment right now. I got to it. I haven't mentioned it yet. They do cover a lot of shows. They got a lot of yeah. on their agenda. That they do. Shout out to Firestarter. Shout out to Filling the Lanes. Um, <laughs> shout out to Ricky Gervais, who started my interest in podcasts so many years ago. He has that special. Did you watch his special? I did not. No, Netflix I, special, too. I'm kind of off him. I've never really liked his stand-up. I've never seen his stand-up. Yeah, he's better as a, as a TV writer, I think. Uh, yeah, I really like his TV writing. What are you, are you unwrapping some Hershey's Kisses or something? And that was Smarties. More of my, my Easter basket. Sorry. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> damn, I didn't, I didn't get any candy for Easter. I got, I got some good ham, but... <laughs> I mean, ham is delicious. It was pretty good. Um, all right, well, we'll have to get to the... <laughs> So apologies to the fans. Uh, oh, wait. No, they didn't hear that episode where I, I told them that. Um, we're going to do a Had That Been Me segment about The Wire. Um, I don't know. These Atlanta episodes keep being real good. We might might have to postpone it until after the season is over. <laughs> we might have to. These are episodes. Yo, you see uh, Cavs lost to Philly last night? Yeah, I wish it wasn't as close as it was. They should have just taken that blowout, and then they come back and lose. <clears throat> but um, that was good. It was a good game. Philly, I don't know. Philly might be able to do something in the playoffs. We'll see. They they're up 
and uh, they're at number three slot now. Are they? Yeah. Oh shit! I did not realize they were that high. Wow. I'm be so yeah, okay. annoyed with. I got I got two Philly fans in my office, and one of them in particular is all about that process bullshit. Oh, I don't even know if he's gonna be able to play. Like broke his face, right? Oh, that's right. Some, he's been out. some yeah, some fracture, and it's, I think it was the orbital bone. Oof, that's rough. Mm-hmm. That's a rough one. I'll take a while, and then he'll come back with the mask on, probably. Mm. Get that teddy, that teddy <laughs> mask. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that teddy mask. Imagine. Be on the, he was on the court putting out his when it's like they shake your hands at the beginning he just puts out his two hands <laughs> <laughs> uh, you hear him trash talking people on the court in that voice honey nut cheerios honey 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 nut cheerios and you know get at me get at me dog I haven't even seen any memes yet. I know the memes are going to be great with yeah. this teddy face. People are going to be using that. Oh, oh I can't wait. There's going to be some good ones. That's a great call. I know yeah. it. Joel Embiid <laughs> would be the one person to come back with a, with a teddy, teddy mask. He would. He's like troll master extraordinaire. Yeah. Um, okay. Any final thoughts? Um, Did I already ask that? No. Playoff start. Have you been watching Silicon Valley? Yes. I don't know. I, I, I don't think I like this much Jin Yang on the show. It's been a lot of Jin Yang. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. He's definitely better in small doses. Um, uh-huh. It's weird. My I I binged it over the course of like a month, all, like all four seasons. I'd never watched it. I binged like all four seasons in a month, like last summer. And But I watched them out of order for some reason. I think okay. I, I think I did season four because that was the most recent one, and then I did, I think I did two, and then one and three. I have no idea why I did it like that. So I'm all That's interesting. All right, but yeah, uh, I never really liked T.J. Miller's character that much. I, he's pretty funny, but um, I like the the main crew of guys. Um, yeah, I, I like the main crew and, and the main the main crew the main crew. They're good. T.J. Miller, like, yeah, he could be. Like super extra sometimes, but um, I liked it. I just don't like this much Jin Yang. Jin Yang without Erlock is like no, it's not good combination. Yeah, um, he needs Erlock. Who's Erlock? Erlick, Erlick, Erlick. T.J. Uh, Miller's character, Erlick, Erlick, Erlick Bachman. Yeah, he needs him. Like he doesn't. They don't. He, the chemistry, like the the play off of the other characters, isn't as good as like the back and forth that him and Erlick used to have. Yeah. They had, they had great chemistry. I don't even did yeah. ever like. He never really interact, interacted with any other character. Not too much. Like it was basically just him, him versus Ehrlich, talking shit to each other. A lot of good stuff in there. Um, all right. This was podcast. We out. Oof. See what I did there. <laughs>